is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Beth Level, and we cover a little bit of everything from work ethic to kindness to the 42nd Street tour and early inspirations in entertainment. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Beth Level. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Beth Level. Beth, thank you for joining me today. You are so welcome, Clayton. Thanks for asking. Of course, of course. So so much I want to talk about with you. I promise we won't go through the whole resume. <laughs> it's quite extensive. Yep. Uh, before we get to any of that, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your oh, wow. what were your entertainment dreams growing up? I had none. Good night. See you later. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not kidding. It's uh, you know, I I still to this day don't really understand where Beth, I'm using air quotes, Beth Level yeah. came from. I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I, my parents never went to the theater. There was no theater really to see. I didn't, I didn't know what musicals were until my senior year in high school. And uh, someone asked me to audition for the, the spring musical, which was Brigadoon. And that's the first time I had had any kind of being in the oxygen of like-minded people in souls like myself that I never even knew existed. So that's when my entertainment dreams started to uh, give birth. And I, you know, remember doing your first high school musical and we were, we were going to go on tour. We were so good. And that was <laughs> like, I know, Brigadoon, we're going to tour the country. But that was the first time I thought, oh my gosh, what, what is this feeling? What is this this dream, this passion that I'd never really known about before that? So thank you, Broughton High School in Raleigh, North Carolina for Brigadoon. Was there a particular moment, a defining moment when you're like, this is this will be my career or I'm going to really take a whack at this? Yeah, no, I didn't think having a career in show business was a possibility. And neither did the people in like my family or anyone else who wanted me to be quote unquote normal and get a quote unquote normal job and get a normal career and get married and have kids and all that kind of good stuff. Hmm. It wasn't until college. Um, and I have a degree in social work counseling hmm. because I just didn't know what else to do, but I have a, a minor in theater. And that's when I started doing everything I could get my hands on, including community theater and uh, theater at the, uh, North Carolina State University and just... I just started to immerse myself in everything that was theater. And by the end, and, and once again, a thank, a thank you to teachers everywhere, because without certain teachers in my life, I would have, I, I'd probably still be, a, I'd be a social worker and I'd be a dang good one. Um, mm. Not really. I, I'm too <laughs> empathetic. I'd be like, oh. Um, but that's when I, at the end of my senior year, my teacher said, why don't you try New York? And I'm like, you're out of your mind. Because I'd been to New York twice, once in sixth grade with my parents, which was the Lions Club International Convention. And I remember thinking it was the most terrifying yet fascinating place I'd ever been in my life. Just a quick story while I'm thinking about it. Please. So I was in sixth grade and I was with my mom and dad and their friends. And my mother, my dad said, would you like to go to a Yankees game? Which meant riding on the subway. And my mother said, or you can go with me to see Mame starring Angela Lansbury. And guess what I chose? The subway ride to Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, would I have, something have happened 
to me then little sixth grade Beth, if I had seen Angela Lansbury and Mame and had that experience, but I don't remember anything about the game. I just remember the subway ride. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my first experience in New York City. My second experience was when I went, you know, with the bus from North Carolina with my college. Hmm. And we left at seven o'clock at night and got there at seven in the morning. And my first Broadway show was a matinee of Greece. Fantastic. Yeah. And we were on the back row. I mean, the very back row of the balcony. And what I remember about that show is that the person in front of me was eating a pastrami sandwich and I was starving. <laughs> That's, isn't that not that a great memory? Don't remember really. I remember a car, but, you know, but we were so back, I, I so far back. And all right. I could thought think about was that, please let me have a bite of your sandwich. Please, please. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Was there a, um, a moment after, you know, college university for you where it started to really click a particular, you know, like an inciting moment, I guess. Yeah. Is there well, one that come to mind? What happened was when she suggested I move to New York and I just said, absolutely not. I'm too terrified. I went and uh, I have an MFA. I have a master's degree in fine arts in acting and directing that I got from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And I remember not one specific moment, but that entire two years being immersed. That's when I felt like I was starting to really understand I was going to be an actor. I had to be an actor. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else I wanted to do or could do very well. <laughs> so I remember my, my first black box experience, you know, the little the, the little black box studio, never had experienced that. And mm -hmm. I did some obscure, absurdist two-hander play. And I remember thinking, I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm, I have a caftan on and I am acting. That's what I, that's that moment. I just felt like I was finally a member of uh, this community, this tribe. And I just had to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Lo and behold. What did your, what did your parents teach you about work ethic? They had a great work ethic and they kept, um, you know, my mother was a florist. My father worked for Coca-Cola company until he kind of had a job like Don Draper in Mad Men. He transferred to WRAL television, the ABC affiliate. <laughs> And he sold commercials in the 60s and 70s. And then he retired, but he never stopped working. He retired to a travel agency and would set up tours to see, ironically, theater in New York or the you know Radio City Rockettes and stuff like that. They were constantly work, work, work. And I think they really were excited for me to get all this theater crap out of my system. So I could finally, finally, maybe not starve, you know, the life of a starving artist and right. and come to my senses. But then they started seeing me in shows and I think that changed their mind. And then one year I'm, you know, I made more money than my father did. And it was like, okay, she can be an actor now. It's a real job. <laughs> it's a real job. And then they saw one of my first big jobs was the first national tour of 42nd Street. Hmm. And they were just gaga for that they saw it as much as they could so and then it was yeah then i was good <laughs> locked and loaded the through all the research and through speaking with you a number of times up to this interview i've just gotten the distinct impression that you ooze kindness <laughs> and oh. i'm curious i mean i'm guessing it's always been the case <laughs> yeah but it's annoying i <laughs> what where where did it come from what i guess another question along the lines of what your parents taught you about yeah. kindness 
I think, you know, I'm not blaming it all, quote unquote, blaming it all on my Southernism. It's just, that's just honestly who I am. Hmm. And um, I'm not like kind and sweet 24 seven. I mean, ask my fiance, he'll give you a really insight into that. <laughs> but, but it's, just, I lead with it. It brings me joy. And I just think, you know, what the world needs now. Yeah. So if I can do my little part, then I'm going to do it. Plus, it makes me feel better mm. if I ooze. Yeah. That's going to be the name of my autobiography, Oozing Kindness. I love it. Way to feel better about yourself and change the world once one nicety at a time. One, one ooze at a time. The um, Do you have any mentors or have you had any mentors? And are there any standout lessons that come to mind? Uh, great question. My mentors were my teachers at the time, Linda Banford at my undergraduate school and Dr. John Joy, who was such an influence on me when I went to grad school because he had been in three Broadway shows, maybe four. And he wore leather pants and knew how to speak the speak, talk the talk. And I just worshiped him. And he cast me in Dolly and Hello, Dolly is my thesis. And he just had believed in me so much that I wouldn't be here without that support, you know, without that, literally without that encouragement. Um, And then I swear each show I've done, I learn from particularly growing up uh, the first national tour, 42nd street. And subsequently I went and did anytime Annie in the Broadway show. And those Bobo Lewis, B.B. Osterwald, those broads who I just would go out to dinner with them or go out and have a beer after the show and just would listen to their stories. And, you know, because they were like my age. So that's which is really horrifying. I think now, oh, my God, I'm I'm that role now. I'm the one that the people want to go. Oh, Beth, tell me about when blah, blah. Right, right. those women really, I just learned so much from them mm. and work ethic, um, stage presence, the joy of theater and, mm. and the downside of the theater and how to cope with all of it and still want to still want to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like I've had someone in almost every show that's that's taught me something or that I just need to go and sit down and have a conversation with because I'm going to learn something. Yeah. Was it was there? I sorry to make you dive even deeper, but was there a particular moment with them where they where they gave you like a a particular piece of advice on a certain situation or does anything come to mind? A specific. Yeah, I remember having my feelings hurt by another actor. Um, I don't remember what, but I was it was something like I was getting a laugh and, you know, it upset somebody. And I remember one of the women looked at me and said, honey, get over it. I went, oh, okay. So it's not the end of the world. Uh, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm just not going to claim, that's why I'm nice too. I'm not going to claim anybody being mad at me for getting a laugh and stuff like that. But yeah, they taught me a lot of that stuff. You know, like buck up. Yeah. It's all right. Just do your job. Just do your job. I love it. Sometimes that's a great piece of advice. Just get over it. <laughs> get over it you know don't take it so personally maybe they're having a bad day yeah is there a particular role that has taught you the most about yourself wow probably 
I'd have to say the roles that I've originated, A, because I'm just so lucky to have originated a handful of roles and they're written for your voice, for your comedy, for your acting, for your energy. Mm. And like I look at uh, Dee Dee in the prom, mm. even though, you know, she's not the nicest person in the world, but I just learned so much about, even more so than Drowsy Chaperone, I felt prom, which is, so, is such an imposter thing that we do as actors. I, I felt like it was the first time I really felt like I was good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and that, isn't that strange? That is. It, it gave me, it's like, oh, gosh, I, I shouldn't be. I have so much to do and so much responsibility for this show. I hope I'm good enough. I hope, blah, blah, blah. And then the prom, I went, yeah, you are. You're, you're doing this. Yeah, you're doing a good job with this. You know Dee Dee, and Dee Dee and Beth really get along quite well together. Huh. And that was just a, a mesh of the the character in you. It just it was just clicking. That's all it was. Pretty it was much. Just, I remember the first table read we did, which now would be probably eight or nine years ago. And I knew that the role had been written for me, this narcissistic bitchy <laughs> Eva whose career was going down the toilet. It was like, great, great. That yeah, okay. But man, was she funny and you know, at the end had this heart of gold and was able to change her path. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what's written for me, that bitchy role. I love her. I love Beauty. <laughs> Such a great show, too. Such a great show. Is there a balance you find between making things happen and letting things happen in your Ooh, career? That's, I'm clicking, that's like so deep. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel, that's a really good question, and probably I would, depending on what day you ask me, I might have two different answers. Um, I am of the belief that I just let it happen. However, you know, when you first move to the city, you can't just sit in your apartment going, okay, let's let it happen. I mean, there's certain right. steps one must take, <laughs> like you're, you know, preparing, learning your craft. You're technically your, your uh, picture and resume, your mm -hmm. song choices, discovering what, for lack of a better word, type you are, what, sure. what, songs or what audition how are you going to get work all that 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 groundwork you need to do but after that i find that i think because i'm very professional and kind and i do the best i can i keep getting work hmm. and the first time i knew i was reading a breakdown of something and it said a beth level type and i was like i almost burst into tears i was like a bed level. What does that mean exactly? It's like you know what that means. It means you know, kind of broad comedy, over the top, heart of gold belt. Okay. Oh, I see. So I'm at the point in my career, and it's been this way for about 10, 10 15 years, where I just kind of let it happen, hmm. and I'm available, and hopefully work will keep coming my way. Yeah. Um, directors usually hire me again, which is great. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if I didn't have the relationship with directors, then I'd probably have to make it happen, mm. which is, you know, the other part of your question. Do I let it happen or make it happen? Mm. And I'm not, you know, and I know a lot of people, in, and that also doesn't mean that I don't audition. I audition all the time. Not for Casey Nicola and people I know, 
Hmm. But like for television stuff like that, where they have no idea, nor do they give a shit who I am. <laughs> like we don't care. Audition, you know that I really have to more make happen. But it's like I'm not 20 or 30 either, so I'm kind of loosening that up a bit and like let's see what happens next. And then you know the Devil Wears product came up out of the blue, right? Or or not out of the blue. You know, or, well, yeah. it, exactly. Well, you know, work begats work. And yeah. that's another thing that I'm sure is very frustrating that my, I coach, I do a lot of coaching and they're, my students say, well, how, you know, how do I get work? And my agents and everybody goes, well, you just let, we need to see you work. Mm-hmm. You say, well, how do I get in a show if I can't get, you know, that kind of catch 22. Mm. And the reason I got Devil Wears Prada is because of the director who I didn't know at all came and saw the prom and she didn't want to come and see the prom but the lyricist Shana Taub made her come and see the prom because she had seen it before and apparently rumor has it that about halfway through act one the director Anna Shapiro uh, leaned over and said oh I found her Mm. I had no earthly idea and then the rest is history You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. Listening.